if you were given a budget and the opportunity to create your own school, you do anything you want. You know, think of it maybe like charter school, private school, very little regulation, but you can get whatever kind of facilities you want, whatever kind of staff you want. What to you would be an ideal school? First, and I think this is really important, I don't believe that there is an ideal school or, or model for everyone. I think the ideal school has to start with the students and who's coming to school. So the ideal school starts with students who are uh, well-fed, safe, hopefully loved. And at its core, that's what creates an ideal learning situation and, and school is the, the kids that are coming there. And, you know, I think that's such an important point is to back up previous, you know, to thinking about how are we going, you know, what are we going to do and how are we going to organize the school? Having said that, I think, I do think there are some things that are, you know, then important sort of about school. I think access to faculty and opportunities is key. I think a school that focuses on what students are really going to need to be, to be voters, to be citizens of a democracy. That's really the thing I keep in the front of my mind when I'm thinking about what should a school look like? What should we uh, be teaching? How should we be teaching it? And I, I think there, you know, I think there are some colleges that are doing that, that really well. You know, one that comes to my mind, I've always, you know, I've always really liked is um, the College of Wooster. Are you familiar with the? I'm not. Is that right? Yeah. So, you know, just to kind of, to try and tie everything together, it's not a highly ranked college. Um, it's a liberal arts college in Ohio. You know, they're not necessarily focused on all the students with the best SAT scores. But when one of the things that they do do is they have a four-year curriculum that includes a, a long-term research project similar to the one that Princeton University does. They sort of modeled their curriculum, so to speak, a little bit on that. And what happens there is, is that students come in and by sophomore year, they're all, when you talk to them, they're saying how much they've grown as a person, how different they are. And by the time they're actually graduating, they've done such incredible things and are moving on to careers and grad schools similar to the students who attended, you know, some other more selective or prestigious colleges. And so that's always, you know, that's always something that has, has stuck with me when I, you know, when I visited that school. It, there's another college I really like, which is St. John's College. Have you ever been or, or thought about St. John's in New York? There's, there's a couple uh, of St. John's. Yeah, no, actually in Maryland. Okay, yeah, and, I, I actually, I've not been there, but I've helped a couple of kids with applications in the last couple of years. I think what's, what's really interesting there and, and sort of ties into what a, you know, ideal or good school does is it's about the, the questioning and the Socratic method and teaching students to, to think critically and also with a, a moral and ethical compass and component to it. And I, I think that's, you know, they, they call their seminars, their, the instructors are like tutors or mentors or uh, precepts. 
And I, I think their model works really, really well. And, um, you know, it's not, it's not for everybody, but I really like the, the great books model that they have there. So, yeah, I mean, and that, that things like that, like having a project that functions as a through line and kind of connects things mm-hmm. or, or going big picture and, and thinking about developing the person. I think that that's nice because it means you don't have to throw away the traditional model entirely, but it means that you can make that model work for a bigger purpose than, you know, checking the boxes. I've taken X number of classes in each subject area. Like when you have that opportunity to do the seminars, to do free discussion or to create an independent project, it means that the student gets to synthesize it and find what, what matters to them. And that that's a process that sticks with you through your lifetime Whereas if you were to take the independent classes without those connection points, um, I, I don't know that it has the lasting impact, you know, because you didn't, you didn't do anything with it, so to speak. And so, yeah, I think, I think that could be really cool. We're, we're going to wrap up here in a few minutes. I got a couple rapid fire questions and, and in rapid fire, I mean, I was literally, I, I was, I was thinking about a couple um, things that, 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 that are just going on, I, I guess, you know, with, with changes and with, with applications and the rest do you believe that the ch- any any potential changes we're going to see with online school or with the blended models of some classrooms, some online, um, the changes in admissions, et cetera, do you think that any of this is going to have a long-term impact on higher ed? Like is college going to be different in five years because of what we're doing this year and next? Or do you think that everybody's going to hurry back to business as usual? I hope it's going to be different. I, I think it's going to be different. You know, the, I think what we've been talking about for the last hour is what we saw with um, so many schools, University of California's whole system de-emphasizing the tests, saying that they're actually not, not going to go back <laughs> to the test. And I think, you know, we're seeing just in this year, a lot of schools um, going that way. And I think it's, I think it's going to have a, an effect where the character strengths that we're talking about are really going to be more at the fore of, of education in, in its broad sense. And that's going to allow high schools to do sort of some different things that aren't so focused to the test or to the grade. And I think that's going to, I think that's going to be really positive cool. for higher yeah. education. Certainly. certainly you know, hope so. I, yeah. I think, there are a lot of schools doing some, some very interesting um, experimenting with some interesting things. So I, while I don't have a crystal ball, I think education is going to, to change for the better as a result of this. And I think students, well, you know, the class, if I was going to leave, the class of 2021, class of 2020 has got a lot of hard things happening for them right now. Yeah. But in terms of, of for them, and 2021, if there's, if it's possible to reframe this as, you know, this is a, this is an opportunity to, to become what I was meant to become. Yes, it's, it's difficult and it's hard and it's, there's a lot of things that are unfair, but I think if this is, if this is sort of reframed to be, let's challenge the colleges now to really put their money where their mouth is, so to speak, and, and judge on those character strengths rather than rely just on the numbers. That's going to be positive. 
Yeah, I agree. And, and I, I think, you know, we all have opportunity for change here and, and I hope that change comes in, in, in good ways. As you pointed out, you know, we can challenge the colleges, both public and private schools have serious economic concerns uh, with enrollment. And I, I think that that's one of the reasons right now that you have a lot of schools saying that they have every intention of opening in person this fall. Um, even if they secretly know that that's not likely or that they're going to do a blended you know, 30% classroom, 70% online, whatever it may be. But more universities than not are, are telling students we're going to be in school. And I think that some of that's optimism and that's fine. I think that some of that is protecting themselves because if they say we're not doing this, I think that they're going to have a lot of kids who are going to, you know, choose the gap year. They're, going to, they're, they're just not going to be there. And I think financially this is going to put a lot of pressure on, on higher ed for the next several years, not just for the next one. I don't know if you've done a reading or, you know, about any of this. Do you foresee, how, how do you foresee like the financial impact? Like, do you think we're going to see a lot of schools closing? Do you think we're going to see changes in tuition? I mean, yeah, right now, for as a, as a corollary, you know, right now you'd think health insurance companies are getting killed on everything going on, but their stocks are actually like way up. And the reason is not, they are losing money now, but they're, they're privately holding meetings. So there's already talked of 40% you know, uh, premium hikes next year. They're like, don't worry, we're going to get the money back out of this. And then those rates stay up in the future. Like we're not going to lower them back down. And so in the long term, health insurance companies are going to cash in. I think colleges might be going the opposite direction here. Do you see an impact on the number of universities in operation? Do you think this is going to change tuition? And I'm mean, obviously this isn't your job. So I, I don't I just, well, it, what's your perception of the financial piece of this? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I do think there's going to be college closings. I think we're going to continue to see that over um, the next several years. I think there's a lot of colleges that are in real tough financial spots. And I think there's going to be a lot of pressure to reduce the the cost of tuition for a lot of schools. It, it's in my in my view that the situation of the cost of higher education has been out of control for a long time. And I think what ultimately is going to need to happen is at the public schools, it's going to take a lot more support um, and the public is going to have to galvanize around that. And I think what we're, you know, what we're seeing at this particular moment right now is some momentum that's ultimately going to see itself in higher education, making a difference, you know, kind of to come back to the beginning, our two-year colleges and our, our four-year public university systems are the engine of growth to the middle class. And it's so important that those are available and accessible to everybody. And I think that, you know, whether it's a combination of COVID-19 and the Black Lives matter movement that's happening right now. I think it's putting back together a, a broad coalition that is going to make a, a major impact. 